So I'm going to also share my experiences with being a home health nurse as well as hospice. Um, like I had said before, I do both. Um, about 50-50, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less one way or the other. Um, being a home health nurse in a rural community uh, has its challenges. Um, I put on a lot of miles on my vehicle and a lot of those miles are in between these little towns where there's no service stations or anywhere to stop to go to the bathroom. I know it seemed like a, maybe a minor thing, but um, when I was pregnant and now breastfeeding and having to drink lots and lots of water, having somewhere to go to the bathroom is very important. Um, there's also a limit to the number of um, patients that we can see in a day when there's a lot of miles in between. Uh, I do get reimbursed mileage rate but it doesn't necessarily cover the cost of wear and tear on vehicles and that type of thing, um, which there is kind of a, and the one drawback is we do drive our own vehicles. And so I usually end up having to spend money on tires, new tires every year, because that's as long as they last, sometimes less than that, depending on what's going on, um, you know, vehicle maintenance, wear and tear, parts go out, you know, just from so many miles. Um, so of course it doesn't cover that, but, um, we have the option of taking a company car if we're starting our day at the office, but I live about 35 miles from the office. And so it's much easier to just start my day at home and drive my own vehicle. And unless I'm on call or something, I usually don't end up taking the company car, but it is nice. The one advantage of, of being a home health nurse is I get to set my own schedule and set my own um, hours kind of. Um, we're supposed to clock 36 hours a week minimum. Uh, we're not supposed to exceed 40 of course unless it's authorized but um, so if I don't want to start my day till 8 30 9 o'clock and then work till 5 or 5 30 then I can. I usually don't do that on purpose unless for some reason somebody doesn't let me come that until uh, you know later in the morning but I'm typically able to do some paperwork or charting of some kind or another phone calls in order to make that gap up in time and still be on the clock and not just doing nothing um, I'm a case manager so that means that I have to do admissions discharges coordinate with doctors uh, make phone calls about medications trying to coordinate care um, for VA and stuff like that. So um, there's lots of phone calls and paperwork involved and not quite as many in-person visits, which I like for the most part, but sometimes it gets to be a little challenging trying to see patients and answer phone calls and coordinate things from a distance when I'm also trying to do visits and see patients. Um, but there's there's a lot of rewarding aspects to that as well. I get to spend more time with my kids when I can set my own schedule. I can drop my daughter off at school every day. I don't have to worry about um, drop-offs and pickups and being late and all that. And my husband has a different work schedule as far as he has to be there at a different time. But his his doesn't change. His is, he has to be there at the same time every day and he has a 40-minute commute. So it usually falls on me to drop off the kids and so I just start my day as soon as I drop off 
the kids at school and daycare and then I try to see my first patients of the day be in the town where school and daycare is located so then that kind of makes it a little easier to start my day right away in the morning. I have a few really good ones that usually let me come right away in the morning so that does help. I also have um, the challenge of Medicare rules that I have to stay within for my patients um, for admissions, discharges, um, that type of thing. There's rules that Medicare has set into place that affect reimbursement for the home health agency that I work for. Uh, we're limited usually to a couple of nurse visits a week maximum for the most part unless there's an exception or some sort of a dressing change or something that has to be done more often but even then we're limited to only doing that for a couple of weeks. Up until COVID hit, that really wasn't much of an issue. Uh, with COVID, patients are getting sent home a lot sicker and sometimes twice a week is not enough to keep them out of the hospital. And if we have them admitted to home health and then they get admitted to the hospital after they're already on home health, then that affects Medicare's reimbursement to our agency for the services that we've provided because the overall goal is to keep them out of the hospital. And we obviously don't accomplish that all the time. So that is the one challenge. Uh, I know there's been a lot of changes recently with Medicare and so you know there may be some updates coming that they'll allow us to do more with COVID. Um, they'll allow us to do more visits for people since they are getting sent home from the hospital probably sooner than they're really ready for with home health orders and then we're not necessarily always able to fulfill their needs with just two visits a week. So I'm hoping my uh, our quality partner and the people that are above and making those decisions financially will let us know soon if that's going to be authorized by Medicare to do more visits, especially for COVID, uh, either COVID patients that are coming home or um, just due to COVID, people have been putting off a lot of elective procedures or things that need to be done. They're, they've postponed their yearly physicals for sometimes almost two years now. And then when they finally have gone in and something's, you know, way wrong or they need a lot of new meds and sometimes they get hospitalized. There's been a lot of new cancer diagnoses that have come out of this because those preventative appointments have been missed. So it's very unfortunate that that's what's happening, but that's kind of the world that we're in. I'm going to try not to bring up anything too political on this podcast, but if you know me and you're listening to it, you probably have a similar political opinion as myself. But um, as a nurse, I kind of have an opposing opinion to COVID and everything that a lot of healthcare workers have. But I, I kind of am getting frustrated with the fact that they're just kind of ignoring all the other illnesses and everything's just COVID, COVID, COVID. And there's no, no such thing as the flu anymore, apparently, or RSV. They're not even testing for these things. It's just COVID is all they seem to worry about. And I just feel like there's a lot of neglect of other things that are going on. Um, I mean, COVID is a real thing. I'm not arguing that fact by any means. It is a real thing, and a lot of people get very sick from it. But there are also other things out there besides COVID that we still have to treat people for. And as healthcare workers, it is our job to identify those problems. And if we're just acting like nothing else is in anywhere as important as COVID, we are not doing our patients a service by doing that. 
um, heart failure and diabetes kill more people every year than COVID has at all in two years. So I think we're just kind of looking at less of a picture. I think it's being politicized. It's a real thing. It is a real virus, but the media has just blown everything up and out of proportion. And it's, it's frustrating to see it from a side where I can't do anything about it. I just have to keep rolling with the punches and doing what I know I need to do for my patients, regardless of what their diagnosis is, doing what's best for them and what they need is the most important. So yeah, that's my, my rant for the day. But there are, you know, there's lots of positive things with home health that I do enjoy aside from being able to set my own schedule. I really enjoy getting to work with patients in their own home and their own setting. And people do so much better at home than not being in the hospital. And there's lots of things that we can do to keep that environment safe and teach them things with their medications and fall prevention and there's services that we can get in place through the state and county and to help people be safer at home and be able to stay in their home own homes longer because there is a shortage in of nursing home beds not just statewide but nationally and people even though they may need to go to the nursing home aren't able to go because there's no beds or if there's beds, there's not enough staff to staff those beds, so then therefore they can't put anybody in there because they don't have the staff to take care of them, uh, which is also unfortunate. There's a crisis in healthcare workers, shortage of healthcare workers in general, and COVID-19 has definitely not helped with that. It's contributing to people getting burnout, nurses getting burnout, CNAs getting burnout, and quitting and leaving the medical field altogether. So that poses a lot of challenges. I'm very fortunate that as a home health nurse, I have not had to take care of very many COVID patients. I'm not on the front lines. I'm not taking care of them directly to where I have to wear all the protective equipment. You know, we've had a few on, but it's not for very long and they're usually out of their isolation window by the time they come home. So we don't have to wear all the, the protective equipment, which is, a pain in itself. It's hot, it's uncomfortable. Um, and there's also been, you know, we have to wear masks and we have to wear eyewear, but there's still people that are getting COVID, healthcare workers that are getting COVID, even wearing those protective measures. So, you know, it, it makes me nervous having kids and, and being exposed to it, but yet I, it's no different than being potentially exposed to influenza or SV or some of these other very contagious viruses and then bringing it home to my children. Uh, it's no different than any of those, and we don't wear all that stuff every year during the flu season unless somebody's symptomatic, uh, but that's a whole other episode. But anyway, um, I, I just enjoy being able to take care of people and teaching people to be responsible for their own health and being empowering them to be responsible for their own health is one of the best things that I enjoy about home health care and being a nurse. Um, the challenges and, you know, and the rewards end up balancing themselves out. And if we take COVID-19 out of the whole picture, then, you know, things are, you know, there's a lot of factors there that are linked to that over the last, you know, we're almost going on two years now of healthcare workers having to deal with this. 
but it certainly makes interesting things interesting. We've learned a lot about infection control. We've, um, I think there's a lot of things that nurses have learned about taking care of patients in a different way when we're not necessarily able to have physical contact with patients due to COVID. You know, they're really are expanding telemedicine, telehealth, um, virtual visits have really blossomed during this and there's though that has its advantages and disadvantages as well but it from a standpoint of if it's an issue that doesn't necessarily need to be addressed by the nurse or the doctor actually you know physically touching the person then I think it's a great resource I hope that further on down the road it doesn't contribute to um you know, people who are already, you know, not wanting to leave their homes or refusing to go to healthcare appointments because they have to leave their home or go, that it doesn't play into that and the psychological aspects of that. But um, I guess the only time will tell if that is really going to be the case or not. I mean, there's all sorts of mental illnesses out there and agoraphobia is one of them and I'm sure there's very few number of people that actually have that that are taking advantage of telehealth but um that's the one thing that I I, I myself personally worry about um but they are kind of starting to change their um in the last few months they're starting to limit how many you know what kind of visits can be done with telehealth versus, you know, it used to be anybody could get a telehealth visit for anything and you could just claim you had COVID symptoms and then, oh, we're going to do it telehealth. Well, now it's you know, Medicare and insurance is kind of balking at paying for some of those visits if the physician doesn't actually physically lay hands on the patient and do the, you know, the vitals and the checks and everything that they need to do that you can't do via telehealth visit. But I think it's good for, you know, minor things that don't involve um, hands-on contact. But, so that's a little bit of what I do and what I, my thoughts on it in a nutshell. Um, and I will be back with another episode probably after the holidays. And um, I'm going to um, try to add in a guest on the next podcast. And so coming soon.